0: We We are in the future, here we are in the future.
1: Welcome back, Siri killers, to another deep dive into files of Saturday Morning Confidential. I have back friend of every pod, J.D. Martin. J.D., welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show
0: yeah i have not been we we have not recorded in a very long time
1: we ha- oh yeah so so very long very the the longest of longs uh, but congratulations on joining the certain pov network that happened between the last time we recorded and now so congratulations and if anyone has not checked out comics quest you should go over and uh listen so jd just give everyone a little refresher about who you are and what you do
0: Cool. Well, um, sorry, I host currently, as of this recording, two podcasts, uh, sister shows. I have my main show, Comics Quest, where I uh, delve into a comic each week that, you know, takes a look at, you know, different comics that anybody can get into. And uh, every other week on Fridays, I have a show called The Long Haul, where I delve into comics that are a bit, you know, weirder or are a bit or are. longer or are a bit you need a bit more uh knowledge of comics and the world of comics to get into. Mm-hmm. And uh you know most likely either by the time this show this episode is out but it's already been announced I'm working on another podcast called Fables and Reflections with my friend Angela Bones Bullock where we're going di- to be diving into the world of Neil Gaiman and I'm very excited about that which means I finally have to watch Doctor Who. You finally. do.
1: You finally have to because Gaiman's got some great episodes. Uh, When he was allowed to make great episodes. I would argue one of my absolute favorite Neil Gaiman wrote. Uh, But you are back today as we finish discussing Steven Universe uh, with Steven Universe the movie and Steven Universe Future. And it's interesting because this is a nostalgia podcast in many ways but it's ultimately a podcast where we talk about things that inspire artists and creators and you've recently been uh inspired by steven universe which is why i had to have you on the show because it's something i could talk infinitely about um so let's i'm going to ask you a question before we jump in and it's kind of broad but what is nostalgia for you what does it mean for you
0: Okay, so I know for me nostalgia is going to be very different, especially just just looking at everyone on the network. I am a baby compared to everyone. I'm 23. So nostalgia is very different for me. So like I was like I was born the year Blade came out. I was born the the year before The Matrix and the year before Batman Beyond. I like I was like right around the time of like the superhero boom. Which makes a lot of sense because then I grew up to adore superheroes and superhero comics. So I grew up in that era. And to be honest, my nostalgia kind of lies in, oddly enough, Star Wars and Blade. So Star Wars was the first thing for me with my grandfather and he had the original like, you know, back in like 90, I think it was like 95 Mm -hmm. right before the special editions hit theaters. There was that box set of the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and he had that and we watched the absolute crap out of those tapes. And then I was about seven years old and I, for, for one reason or another, I became absolutely obsessed with the blade movies and I adored every single one of them to the point where I would cosplay as Blade in my living room while the movies were playing. Because that's what a seven-year-old boy from Texas would do.
1: Hey, you know. Uh, also, I I forever stand Blade 3. I know that is a polarizing uh, opinion. But let me tell you, like 18-year-old me with Ryan Reynolds in that movie sparking... Awful. So many abs. So many abs. That tattoo. I. Everyone knows what we're talking about. That's all I need to say. That's where the aggressive. For me, it's Parker Posey. Uh. Well, I always. I mean, Parker Posey forever and always. Like there is. I don't think I've ever seen Parker Posey in something that I didn't like Parker Posey in. Like. I think the first thing I saw. She can.
0: Yeah. She can be in things that are not very good, but she is. Great in them
1: Okay I will preface Josie and the Pussycats Her and Alan Cumming Absolutely Steal that movie But also Missy Pyle As Alexandra Cabot Also Because Missy Pyle Is that same kind of actress That Parker Posey is But I The Chris Guest movies Are genius Parker, po- Parker Posey is yes. just good And everything Also Parker Posey And Lost in Space The new Lost in Space On Netflix As Dr. Smith I haven't watched it Oh my god Oh my god it she is phenomenal in this quietly villainous role, like because Doctor Smith isn't the villain, but there's some dastardly things. There always has been because he was creepy on the original. He was creepy in that '98 movie, um, but like,
0: was it Gary Oldman who was who was him in the movie? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Okay. Which again, I have no ties to the Lost in Space franchise property, whatever. I vaguely remember watching the movie and remembering, "Hey, Joey is in it." Uh huh. hmm. Yeah. Oh, and that... that's all I knew. And then a... I was like, "Oh, hey, it's Gretchen from Mean Girls." Uh huh. What? A...
1: Lacey Chabert with her very 1998 hair. You like hair? Uh... Oh
0: my god! That yeah. Hair. Oh yeah. You could it's... not catch me dead. You would. I would not be dead in that haircut. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but you know what we're
1: almost there again trend wise so i will get i would bet money that that like choppy flipped out hair is going to be back very soon and
0: i'm not here for it but i guarantee we're gonna see it you mean like what greg kind of almost had in steve universe future
1: yeah yep absolutely i'm glad you brought it back around for us i really appreciate that uh because guess it's way easier oh believe you me though i've been trying to get like i keep toying with the idea of getting commissions for a greg wig but like it's so it's so long but like now we have an older greg i could do it i just might we might i might have to make that happen i don't know uh, i'll make this conventions deal with you. Are a thing again even
0: though we're i'll make this with a deal global with you global pande- i uh, i have uh um, pretty global pretty panorama. Mi- global i have mild claustrophobia and uh i have anxiety Specifically social anxiety, like everyone I think has, um, I don't want to assume, but look, we all have mild versions of, all have versions of social anxiety, um, to the point where I, I don't think I could ever go to a convention ever. I'm not sure I could do that. However, if you are able to cosplay as Greg, I will find a way to go to whatever con you're attending and I will be there as Steven.
1: I love that. Okay, you, I know. Are, I'm, you, I'm, I'm so on curious that. on what. Listen, that is. you know what? Certain POV con is going to happen at some point, so like, you'll have to be there for that. But like, but like, we'll be, we'll be behind the velvet rope at that point. We'll, we'll be the featured talent. It'll be fine. Uh, you know, we keep joking about it. But I, I have a group chat with Pat and Case. Uh, and every couple of months ago, if we know, do that, I will show back. up in certain POV should full drag. start. Having tables at conventions. I will slay. Should start getting on that circuit. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Hi, oh, like Triple threat. We well, listen, if you're going to be in drag, then I'm going to be in drag, which means Rachel will be in drag, I'm sure as well. Uh- <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure we could twist MJ's arm and have them show up in drag as well. So, uh, some so I mean, it's all drag. Whatever you wear on. W- wow. My podcast is always a tangent, mm-hmm. but this is really a tangent today. I love it. But really, I mean, drag, Steven Universe, it all goes hand in hand because who we are, what we present ourselves every day, is a form of drag. Here we are. Um, but yeah, so we have talked Steven Universe before, and I think. Ooh, I have so many different emotions now that I have finished the series because people have been yelling at me because I'm like, I I am a leader of the the Church of Rebecca Sugar. I, I I have never found qualms with the franchise at all. You know, even if I bought a perfect, ding dong ding like, you know ukulele it because what of them and it's perfection for me. And so that's what we're gonna talk about. Uh, but this has left. Me- of course you did. Of course you did. Everyone did. Every every chaotic queer. Yes. And uh, listeners, if you are, if you're at a, all wondering if I'm telling the point. truth. Well, well, watching Steven Universe. Uh, it's, I'm calling... it's how I was greeted onto our call today. It's true. Uh, and that's a call out to my friend B as well. Uh, Will who, I end <laughs> this episode by singing who has a who ukulele and I'm always just like, learn more of the Steven universe songs. B, B, learn more of the Steven universe songs. Uh, maybe who can say, who can say, who can say, uh, so let's jump in. So Steven universe, the movie, um, you know, because the series in the last two years, as we talked about it, of its run, like. We would get drops. They were Steven bombs where we get four episodes at a time, six episodes at a time. And so, you know, it was really inconsistent and a lot of fans got really polarized. Again, a lot of fans turned on Rebecca sugar near the end, which I, I don't understand. Like I still, I've gone through the discourse as like a chaotically queer, like rabble rouser myself. And I still don't understand a single argument that they had against Rebecca against the show I don't but that's what fans ultimately do is turn on the property that they love the most uh, a good example of we are literally recording this the day uh, two days after he man masters of the universe uh revelation came out and the fans flipped on Kevin Smith so fast they intentionally um uh review bombed on Rotten Tomatoes even though Rotten Tomatoes is like it's 91 it's really good they're like ah we think it's terrible because rah 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 like the original is actually that good um but like I you know I think it's going to be impossible to talk about these two properties as we're finishing out a franchise because most franchises don't get to end on their terms and I would argue that like Steven Universe and the franchise got to end on its own terms, which is I think something that's really, really important. And I think we see that in Steven Universe future because it handles that plot in the way that only Steven Universe handles its story that they set up for itself. Um so we'll just to jump ahead for everyone, we will we will end the conversation talking about toxic fandoms because I think we can't Talk about this property in particular, but also almost any contemporary property that's appealing to uh, a (laughs) very queer, neurodivergent internet culture and not have itself like eat itself like the Ouroboros. (laughs) So let's jump in about the movie, though. So the movie was. Uh, teased at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018 we got that tiny little teaser trailer that for a year everybody picked apart with a fine-tuned comb and in a very Steven Universe way they gave us no goddamn answers at all because uh, we hadn't seen a gem with a heart, a heart gem yet and we were all like what is this ah! Uh, And then we finally got a trailer in the summer of 2019 Before it debuted in the fall of 2019 Just before the earth went to absolute shit in 2020 Um and I got mad today when I was looking at fan response online, and they said the Steven Universe movie is why the world fell apart in 2020. It diverged of, uh, a timeline. And I said, how dare you sit down? You, how dare
0: you? You shut the fuck up. We were, peck- we're peck- We all know what it actually was. It was the fact that we got both a Star War ending and a cats at the end it's true. of that year. That is what happened. You can't have both in it's, one it's, year.
1: Uh, It's because the fabled Cats movie finally came out. Like, I think the world is actually going to end when we get the Wicked movie because they've been talking about the Wicked movie for a fucking decade. It is finally in pre-production now that In the Heights did well, question mark. Um, And they were like, John Chu, it's fine. It's time. Wicked movie, yes. And I was like, no, the world will just end when that Wicked movie's actually released Uh, (laughs) because it's been talked about for so long. The only reason
0: I got... The only reason I got slightly excited for *Wicked* the movie was because I found out that the production designer was Dennis Gassner, and he is one of my absolute favorite production designers. I mean, the Coens Mm -hmm. and Denis and and, and, like working on like *Skyfall* and *Blade Runner* twenty forty nine. He's one of the best, and. Like that is like th- because he's the only person I I know who is working on the movie, so he's the reason I'm going to be
1: apprehensive until we get a cast, and then I will either be very angry or very excited. Uh, I have a very long history with the Green Girl; it's why Case and I know each other. I love the Green Girl through her faults, uh, but yeah, that that is an entirely other podcast that I could just scream about Wicked for every day but there that podcast exists It's called sentimental men go listen to it it's awesome uh no affiliation to us but you know i love wicked but so the movie as we jump in takes place two years after the series ends the steven has convinced the diamonds to stop uh destroying the universe and terraforming uh that the gems actually are better to bring peace to the universe and help it grow and change and that is you know kind of exactly what we expect out of a Steven universe plot uh the time jump i think shocked everyone i don't know about you but the i knew there would be a little time but 2 years was really surprising and you know at the very beginning uh i think this is still new enough that we're going to have to say spoilers, but like not really because if you were gonna watch it, you would have watched it at this
0: point. It's been almost two years. So <laughs> it's two years of September. So there Then again, I have I have friends who I'm just like, you should watch Steven Universe and they're like, I don't know. And yeah. Like, no no no, you'd like it. Kat, what are you doing? But I think
1: I think in order to have our conversation today we are going to have to talk spoilers we're gonna to have to talk plot uh jd's cat is trying to uh be the star of the podcast today and i will let them uh have <laughs> um uh though if you if you listen to screen start champion is always the star of screen stark as well rachel's cat so uh <laughs> he, he always is meowing at the end so i am i'm a big fan of cats on podcasts um and so what so as we're going in, we meet a new villain in Spinell, voiced by the amazingly talented musical theater actress Sarah Styles, who is a brilliant talent and will forever look about twenty. Her jeans are flawless, uh, and is just an amazing. She was when someone said, "Oh, it's Sarah Styles," and I went, "Oh, like I kind of immediately understood who Spinell was just from knowing Sarah Styles as a performer." Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah. And so she did not disappoint. I didn't realize that everyone hates this movie. Like the general consensus online is that it's a bad movie, but because we don't use good or bad necessarily as podcasts, um, I want to just broad opinion first. Do you think this was an effective sequel story to the Steven universe movie, uh, series?
0: Yes, absolutely. 100%. I do too. I think, The thing that we
1: needed was we needed to learn more terrible things about Pink Diamond and Rose Quartz. And, oh, boy, did we find out more terrible things about Pink Diamond and Rose Quartz. Um, One of the most interesting things I think that Rebecca and the team did was we hold Rose on this fucking pedestal for seasons of the show. And I think that's why the pink diamond reveal is so, was so shocking for so many people, even though, again, I called it, uh, uh, cause you hit a point where I was like, mm-hmm, listen, mm-hmm. the only thing more bat on this series is having pink and Rose be the same fucking gem." Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this natural progression was what was necessary for the story. And as we're going to get into future, I think it's the only way that future could have happened because Steven had to resolve, start resolving feelings about his mom in a way, uh, that we hadn't seen them because they were just learning about their mom at the end of the series. Poor Steven learns a whole lot about pink and rose in the, in that last season, uh, real hard, uh, uh,
0: yeah, and you're talking about, like, like fans putting Rose on this pedestal. I feel like season, I would say, like, I would say just, like, the last season of the show was just them slowly chipping away at that pedestal, and then the movie was just like, nope, tear well, it down. Well, it's
1: because we had to. Like, there couldn't be, there had to be both sides existing in a paradigm where neither were doing the correct thing. Like we had, because again, there's this commentary about war that is here, where if we want to break it down politically, that like both sides of war, they're going to be casualties, but like there don't have to be. And the fact that we get as many fucking casualties as we do because of that gym war, because of pink, because of decisions Rose made, it's, you know, there's one of those things that like, She's a war criminal. We have, like, it breaks down at the end of the day, despite what the Diamonds did, all that wrong. Rose still sacrificed millions of gems that agreed to fight for her. So, like, there's no way to break it down in a way that's not her being the worst.
0: And I I said season five, but it's not just season five. Even at the end of season four, there's the episode where they're going to go to the potluck. And Lars asks Steven... So when did you get, uh, get so mature all of a sudden? He's like, F- uh, like somewhere between when I you know figured out how to use my shield and found out that my mom was a war criminal. Yep. And they just dropped that, and you're like, oh, wow. Like, we're really going there. One of there. the
1: effective things where, again, uh, we'll talk about it when we talk about the last episode of Future. Of their cyclical way Of being able to connect everything And uh, I'm I'm working in a theater right now And in one of the dressing rooms We were talking about Steven Universe the other day And it was like, you know, it's so monumental When you think about what this kind of show Does narratively with 11 minute episodes That like, episode one is Cookie cat, episode 100 is Bismuth and literal weapons of War, like weapons of mass You know, genocide Uh, And you know to happen in a hundred episodes. It's, you know, it's one of those things that, again, I love that they did with the show because again, it's teaching us how to tell a story in a way and really break down emotionally the arc of a story that not only do we just see surface level emotion, but we see really deep emotion that has to be fleshed out, which I think, again, it's a real selling point for this show. Um, even after, uh, that I've watched it, you know, several times now, but you know, so the, what are some things that you find that really just were effective and successful with the way they told the story in the movie?
0: So what I find fascinating is uh, the first time I heard a criticism of Steven universe Mm -hmm. at all, was of the movie, and the main criticism was that a lot of fans, and even some critics, felt that it was somewhat reductive to the story to uh, have all of the gyms, like, have essentially their their lives erased and go back to the start, and Steven has to retread everything, and they felt like, well, that's, like, just us retreading the show, and I'm like, no, I think what it actually is trying to show us is that... Is that erasing who we are erasing the trauma that we've gone through and erasing and, and like that erases who we are and that and getting rid of that is one of the most difficult most gut-wrenching things steven's ever gone through is the fact that he has now seen his family like he has got, like he has fought hard to get to where he is now he has been a diplomat at the age from ages 14 to 16 he has been a diplomat for two years which he shouldn't have to be he but he has been and he's finally gotten to a place where the galaxy is at peace and he can finally rest and what happens his family essentially just gets erased right in front of his eyes and that's devastating Mm -hmm. and then he has to go through and essentially just like give them like give them back their trauma because wh- who they are now is because of thousands of years of trauma that they've gone through. And now he has to just re gift them that by, and, and so that they can be who they are once again. It's devastating. Absolutely devastating. And the fact that he has to do that to Spinel as well, someone who was hurt by his mother. And he has to, like, just. Let her relive her trauma, so that he can figure out how to save the world mm-hmm. once again. Yeah, it's, it's 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 fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating that, that like that's the direction that they decided to go go through, and it one hundred percent works. Especially
1: because they give us double MacGuffin, like oh, I you know with certain PV and what we always talk about in the MacGuffin but this not only do we have the rejuvenating scythe, which Bismuth immediately recognizes as an old tool of, of rebellion recension. Um, but we have the like toxic drill that's actually, you know, so we have the psychological weapon that's doing damage to those closest to us in the story. But then we have this drill that's literally trying to poison everything. And so there's this idea that, you know, Spinel is the villain, but again, they do this thing where it's like, but is Spinel the villain? Which is the thing that I think I appreciated most. Um, and again, they keep doing this thing where Steven's like, I'm going to do better. But then Steven does the exact same thing that like Rose would have done or that the Diamonds would do. Um, and so because there's that moment where you really do feel for Spinel Because again, it's one of those things it's like. Genocide and mass murder is no response to trauma. Again, I will say, no matter what neurodivergence we have, <laughs> mass murder and genocide is no answer for trauma. But, um, you know, you then suddenly sympathize with this idea that, like, especially that moment where Spinell realizes that, like, oh, Steven used the scythe on her. Steven could be lying to her. She then goes right back into villain mode because she's like, oh, I can't be trusted. Oh, wait, because this kid who told me I could trust him did the exact same thing that his mother did, um, who was supposed to be his, you know, her best friend in the entire world and or universe. And so that was the no, I will say on first watch, I had the opposite response where I didn't like that they the main plot was that the gem's memory is wiped and that Steven needs to get their memories back. But on second watch, I appreciated it because, again, it's the thing of we grow because of trauma. We grow because of things that we've experienced. While it's not always right or good that we've had to experience the trauma, we grow. It's, It's not even about the trauma. It's about the growth. And so, like, Pearl has changed so much. Pearl has grown so much as a character, and the moment where she doesn't have that anymore, they've lost all all purpose. They've lost all drive. They've lost what they have fought for thousands of years to make themselves individual gems instead of just being another pearl, just being another, uh, just being another amethyst. Um, you know, Garnet is unique in that way but even the fact that i something i appreciated on rewatch this past week was that like garnet fuses again as ruby and sapphire but still doesn't gain their memory back like it takes a while for them to gain that back and i do actually think on Mm -hmm. story that having having them have to rehash that was really successful because it started steven on his path of healing. But it also unknowingly started Steven on his path of destruction that would continue into Steven Universe's future.
0: Yeah. And something I also want to point out, you you mentioned the word destruction. And of course, I want to point out that this movie is not short on action. No. And it's great. Mm-hmm it's great it's it's like it's it's weird to say but like but because you know I'm just who I am the action is very fun the fight scenes are extremely well animated and choreographed i love them but uh, cuz like on the on, on when we last talked about Steven Universe Steven Universe in general like i i mentioned how i thought this was like the perfect like, telev- like television answer to comic books and this just reinforces it for me and that Steven universe is essentially the, is essentially a superhero. Mm. He is like to be, to be case Aiken for, for a hot second. Uh, Steven universe is kind of a Superman analog. Sort of kind of get a bit <laughs> and like the crystal gems are like the mm-hmm. justice leader or whatever, just a superhero team. and, But, like, he is, he's, but he's also, like, really close to someone like Wonder Woman, where, like, he doesn't want to fight, he wants diplomacy, he wants to talk, he wants peace, he wants peace. But at the end of the day, there's also that, that thing of, like, sometimes peace doesn't work, and, like, he has that idea of, like, well, I guess fighting is the answer. And... I find I I love that about about him. I love the fact that he that he, like he has that 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 he still has that knee jerk reaction because that's how he was raised. That's he he was raised by, you know, you know, two 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 of the three gyms who raised them raised him. You know, were fought in a mm-hmm. war a, a, a war that ended in genocide, and. You have Steven Universe, the movie here, and it's kind of like the big event but it works better than a, than a comic book mm-hmm. event because events are just like oh it's all spectacle and and just like trying to get people to to read and buy and, and buy it but here the events like no we're we're taking our t- we're going to take all this time that we have and really delve into Steven and the Gems and his dad and Connie and really and also this new character that we're introducing and really delve into who they are and why they're doing what they're doing and their reactions to what everyone's doing to what they're doing to each other and their end goals and what the end game actually winds up being
1: and I think something else I really like I like that you brought up Connie and his dad I think this is such a mature and such a realistic look at the idea of not even a relationship but a caring friendship that is more i a very mature look at, at how a relationship between two very different people can grow which continues in the future because that is, you know there's been a lot of you know, Connie has been kind of absent from the last couple seasons because of Steven's actions um, Lion and Connie have decided to go on their own a little bit and you know it continues in the future but I think the handle it in such a mature such an intelligent way that when Connie is there and we are having conversations with Connie it makes so much sense and I really really appreciate it um, so do you think Spinel was a good villain like because you always, you know, when you do a special event, when you do a movie like this, it's about the big bad. And again, in a very Rebecca Sugar way, the big bad is not necessarily the big bad. But do you feel Spinel was a good natural progression from The Diamonds?
0: Yeah, I really do. I because because she's so different from The Diamonds. And that the dimons, Diamonds are have are very rigid and they have structure and they have like this overall, like thinking back to like, say, like, you know, Loki, the best thing that has come out this year, uh, they have like this, this idea of this glorious purpose that they're supposed to have. That it's like we have to bring, you know, control the galaxy essentially and be fascists, whereas Spinella's is just absolute chaos, chaos all the time, but chaos that makes complete sense to her. And chaos that comes from trauma whereas I mean well the, the diamonds have a have a have also have trauma in, in, a, in a way and that they lost pink and that they thought they lost pink for so long but they and, and of course they reacted absolutely terribly because again they were fascists um they're recovering fascists now which is nice <laughs> they're recovering uh, but with Spinel, it was just from the visual representation of like them essentially just making her a Looney Tunes character and just stre- you know stretching all over the place and introducing her with a song, which we haven't gotten to the fact that Steven Universe the movie is also just Steven Universe the uh, musical. The score and-
1: is so fucking good. It is so good. Other Friends is like the best villain song. Ever. Like, Disney can get the fuck out of the way. Other Friends is so good. It's, it's, uh, even like the moderately annoying Let Us Adore You. It's so. Purposeful. It's so important. The melodic callback to so much of the Steven Universe score, like just like um, auxiliary score is there. And I think it's a really, huh? Who? Huh, huh. I was waiting to get to the score, but like I can <laughs> scream about it. It's so,
0: yeah, it's uh, because so, like
1: introduction of Spinel using such an important musical moment was really a strong choice.
0: Yeah, and and in continuing on, along with the music, I love that this kind of follows that that rule of musicals. Uh, is that you know, a, a, when you know, the when you have a song come up, the reason is because the character is at such an emotional peak that they can't express their emotions any other way except through yep. song, and so when we get like the first. Like after the uh, Let Us Adore You from the Diamonds, the first real song is Here We Are in the Future, s- sung starting with Steven and is sung by the rest of the Gems. It comes right after he's come home, Connie kisses him, and, and she, you know, goes off to space camp. And he's, you know, of course, like you see him just beaming because Connie kissed him, and he's just like, <gasps> and, and and he's at, and of, of course, you know, because Steven is Steven, that immediately gets him to an emotional peak where he's just extremely happy and he immediately has to go into song and whenever he and of course because he is who he is whenever he encounters someone he immediately just brightens up their day so of course they hit an emotional peak and they get into song with him and that's what's so fun about that opening number of I believe I I think it's called uh, Here We Are in the Future I believe that's what the song is called that is just called simply the future who knows um whoever decides to look it up that's who knows and then we continue on and of course how how, no, how do the gems regain their memories and, and regain their personalities through song we get we get steven and greg fusing and like that moment i was just like oh anime daddy awesome anime daddy big himbo i loved it
1: armed himbo playing guitars with a pompadour uh looking like a jojo character uh
0: yeah (laughs) just abs and then of course abs for days which i appreciate is two chubby
1: characters suddenly get abs and like borrow boy titties like i love it (laughs) i live for it
0: but the internet
1: hated it i also
0: did not know i didn't know that uh apparently amy mann who uh or not yeah, yeah. voices is Isn't opal that right? yeah is that right not amy man
1: yeah amy Mann.
0: yeah she voices opal and then her her like songwriting partner voice uh, is um what do you even call them uh, well
1: they do have a special They hold on it is right here let me uh it is steg their name is steg and theodore
0: leo ted leo <laughs> Of, it's course steg. It is. of course it is. <laughs> uh, of course it is. Steg. Look, all I'm saying is Steg and Opal live on tour. That's all yes, I'm saying. Please. Make it happen.
1: Oh, I need it. I need it. But I mean, they do that all the time. Every convention, they're like, we could have a panel or we could just sing to you for an hour and a half, which I much fucking prefer, honestly. Like, I just. Like Niko give it to me all the time. Just let me, <laughs> just just give me Rebecca Sugar in a chair playing the ukulele, and Dee Dee and Estelle and Zach and Michaela singing. That's all I need. It's everything I need. I watch, I watch all those old Comic Con panels so much because they just make me feel some sort of way.
0: And if you want to drop Sarah in there too. We wouldn't mind that. We really wouldn't. wouldn't. Especially because, you know,
1: uh, spoiler, everything works out in the end and Spinel finds her place. Um, But, you know, not before going through her own again, trauma that kind of resets her in a positive way. Uh, that is all Stevens' fault. <laughs> but I think yeah. the score, it's so masterful. It's, it also sounds like a contemporary musical theater score, which is something I'm very passionate and love. Um, I just, I'm really waiting for Rebecca and that team to write an actual musical. Like give it to me. Where is my Rebecca Sugar, Noel Stevenson, lesbian musical animated film i need it i want it give it to me um well we, that
0: should have been nimona yeah you were correct nimona yeah. should have been a musical film i'm still so absolutely fucking mad yeah. it it is it was disney that shut down blue sky yep. wasn't it yep yeah yeah uh, hey disney you yeah, suck. Disney, you fucking we suck. We could have gotten pneumonia. Disney, Mona. you fucking suck. That, we could have gotten pneumonia. That's the new
1: theme of this podcast anyways. Disney, you fucking suck. I hate you. Uh,
0: um, yeah. <laughs> by the way, shameless plug, go check out the episode of Comics Quest where MJ and I talk about Nemo. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Anything Noel Stevenson love. I, I love. Uh, oof. Uh, but also, maybe we'll get a really great Rebecca Sugar musical episode of the Lumberjanes series. Who knows? That would be great. Um,
0: be magical, that'd be
1: so good, and it's. I believe that's HBO Max is doing Lumberjames, so maybe they'll do it. Who, who fucking knows? That makes who sense. Who knows? Um, so, uh, so Spinell and Steg are two very polarizing things for fans online. Again, I hate giving fans so much like airtime. Um, I didn't know Steg happened because again, I. Decided that I was not going to watch the movie or future for a long time because I didn't want the series to end, and I feel a very different way now that I've watched it in the last couple of weeks. Um, but why do you think the the internet and the fans were so polarized by these two characters? Because like Stephen and Greg, honestly, have such a great child parent relationship even as we talk in the future when we get very grown up conversations between Steven and Greg i think it shows a really positive parent experience in a way that like Greg's doing exactly what Greg knows how to do which is just be supportive even though he's not particularly educated he's not particularly you know bright uh you know but he is a caring lovely human um but why do you think these two characters we're so
0: polarizing for the fans. To be honest, I have no idea because fandoms are an enigma mm-hmm. to me and that you can claim that you hate the thing that you claim you love. I'm going to stoke the fires here for for all you all you Star Wars fanboys here cuz guess what? The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. And if you can't just accept that that is an opinion that someone has, well, I'm sorry. Then you, then you hate the thing that you claim you love. And that is your own fault for being a sad person. I'm sorry.
1: Well, that's the, that's the Star Wars thing. Most of them say there haven't been a good Star Wars movie since new hope. And I tell them to suck a dick. Um, but also like just, don't be involved. Also, it takes no effort to not put your shitty opinion in a twenty-five minute video on YouTube, like, or even into a three-minute TikTok. Now that you can make TikToks three minutes, which I think kind of
0: twenty-five minute video that is that you, you have met on the side of, of YouTube that I am where I'm finding three-hour three hour videos. videos. Well,
1: there is a video I I can't decide if I'm going to watch it or not. Um, Because it's one of those creators where I think if they just change their perspective a little, they actually are brilliant. And when it comes to doing like a narrative video essay, but like decided to be like Steven Universe, the movie is fantastic. But I'm going to tell you every reason why Steven Universe, the series is a raging piece of shit. And I'm like, I can't I don't understand where people's expectations of things got so high because if you look back at the media that they're citing it's all garbage it is literal trash it's things that we are so nostalgic for okay oh space jam came out this week the new legacy came out
0: and I'm not watching it because I just don't care
1: whole lor- and I'm
0: not saying anything about it yeah, on the internet it is
1: polarizing but thing, some good things have come out of this of the conversation of what is the purpose of nostalgia other than to hold us back creatively and while um, there's one uh, one review where if you go to our discord I shared it in the TV and movie area um, because I know like Hans really liked it um, I like the original Space Jam but I don't have nostalgia for it because I didn't watch it when it first came out I have out. friends
0: who enjoyed the new Space Jam like enjoy like or or also really didn't okay like it also
1: just enjoy things that are bad and move the fuck on i literally kind of have made a whole brand out of thinking loving things that are cringy um but like you know it's one of those things we were talking about blake
0: trinity ah, earlier blake oh. and and and, and oh, look i'm on the train with you like that movie is not very good but i enjoy the hell out of it and it mostly has to do with ryan reynolds parker posey and even jessica yeah. beale Who's not given much to no, do, but I, I still adore her. And adore I think her. that's
1: a trend of her career and why people are like, oh, Jessica Biel. And I was like, yeah, but she pioneered so that women like Brie Larson could be monsters now. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's... The... <laughs> yes, I said it. Brie Larson's a monster. We all know it. When Samuel L. Jackson says someone's not easy to work with, you know you know it's true, because he is apparently the easiest man in Hollywood to work with. Uh, I mean, he gets enough work you'd believe it um but you know people like jessica beale they suffered for years through like uh, you know dark angel all these things that like male objectified fe- next with Nicolas Ugh, cage you know all of these like objectified female action stars you know jennifer garner through all a fucking alias the fact that she still has a career is monumental to her work ethic um it's not me saying she's bad. I find her so fucking enjoyable at what she does, but like, you know, that was enough to like kill anyone's spirits, but it's to the
0: point where I can still watch he's just not that oh, into you. Oh, absolutely.
1: Even though it's it, that is a garbage movie. But like, how do you take a self-help yeah, it, how do you take bad. a self-help book and turn it into like a episodic movie? I don't the episodic movie trend that Love Actually did really successfully, but nobody else has been able to really capture well. It's not their fault. Love Actually has a lot of problems now that we're looking back at it twenty years later. But
0: if we put Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner in it together, it may yep. work.
1: Yep. Man, no. 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 Well, not. And Drew Barrymore and no. Jennifer Goodwin, maybe. No. Who knows? Um.
0: And maybe throw ScarJo in there. Please, please don't, don't stop, stop it. putting her. Stop, in things. Putting, her in stop things. putting her in things. i
1: putting her in things. God, that's why I love you, JD. God bless you. Uh, But I, I, no,
0: because Black Widow would have worked if she was dead already.
1: Well, also, if it was just Florence Pugh, it's just the thing is she's not a good actress. But like, because she's like white and gorgeous, and was like the option they had. When she
0: was introduced in Iron Man 2 and kept
1: going with it, I still say the worst four hours. Yeah, see,
0: there are things that she's done. Like, she has performances that I do like. Like, I like her in Lost in Translation. I like her in Under the Skin. I like her in Her, where you never see her. And she's just a voice. And she's, like, she gets to be a voice actor. And honestly not a bad she has a lovely
1: voice like i think she actually has a really unusual and pleasing voice because she has a little grit to it and uh both times she's been on snl i actually found her quite enjoyable um you know it's just one of those things that like maybe some people aren't meant to lead a franchise because like the other people around you are just performing circles around you and that's not like a binary gendered thing it's just a like some people haven't learned their craft because they were turned into a movie star, not a film actor. And there's a big difference for me between film actors and movie stars. And the two are interchangeable. You can be both. Uh, you know, Tom Hiddleston, he's
0: both. It, I think Florence Pugh is starting Florence
1: to get that. Florence Pugh there. is an absolute gem and i'm so excited for her future in the mcu not to spoil anything i still have i honestly i loved her in little women sh- Hers, amy and little women was so good oh my god it's so I good Little the movie women. makes me cry I mean, every also, time i'll do anything for timothy chalamet and his boring little face and i'll do any literally anything for saoirse ronan i will do anything for saoirse yes. um she's so good um
0: I'll do anything for Laura Dern. What also Laura kidding? Dern. Yeah.
1: She's a great Marmee. Uh, and then you had Meryl Streep as a great, great aunt Mar, uh, she's great Aunt March, right? It's Meryl Streep. And okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, cause I forget they, Amy. they just did one for PBS <laughs> that, uh, right. Judy Dench was, uh, great aunt March who was also wonderful. Um, but yes. I think the biggest conversation that we can pull out of it is, are we letting nostalgia ruin, absolutely ruin the idea of what could be and could be enjoyable? Also, from the perspective that most of these people who are the loudest and are oddly somehow bringing the most influence of their voice with nostalgia are uninformed they have no idea how the craft of filmmaking and storytelling works and yet somehow those are the things that we're caving to Um, because I think we're seeing a lot of good things come out of nostalgia which are coming back and like bringing good versions of like the Power Ranger comic from Boom is doing some stupid amazing things but then we also got like Ninja Turtles versus Batman and Ninja Turtles and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic, where the Ninja Turtles are now the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers—like <laughs> stupid, stupid things on paper that were actually so fucking phenomenal. But you know, it's one of those things that I think,
0: or like Justice League and Power yes, Rangers. So yeah, which was it was awesome. so good. It was it good. was so good because Tom Taylor's a very good I, writer. I agree. I'm gonna go on. I'm going to go on every podcast now because of Alex just going like Tom Taylor is (laughs) God,
1: but it's one of those things
0: (laughs) on every podcast. I think if
1: we just pull back our emotional connection to the nostalgia and just appreciate things for what they are that like, we're going to be able to enjoy so much more. But I also, I will die on a hill that nostalgia culture is tied to toxic masculinity and misogyny in the patriarchy it is all so delicately connected that like to take apart one monolith must be to take apart the other monolith. Also the fact that like traditionally male voices are the ones that demand to be heard in the nostalgic conversations. And that comes from a point that like men's opinions somehow matter more or men's opinion somehow Mm -hmm. needs to be heard. And it's like, shut the fuck up, eat your Taco Bell and stay in your mom's basement. Sit the fuck down. Like, those are just those moments that it's like you're just because you can exist on the internet does not mean your opinion needs to be heard or validated i say is a very opinionated queer person who somehow feels their opinion is worth more than your average neck beard but again my opinion doesn't fucking matter either we could you know sit here talking in circles blowing smoke up my own ass but like (laughs) Isn't that the whole point of a podcast? Art is subjective. Art is is subjective, subjective and anything that is created is art because somebody is going to consider it a piece of art. So therefore, everything is fucking subjective.
0: Like, and I have friends, and like I love my friends dearly. But whenever I hear the word objective talking about art, and I like, there's a part of me that dies a little bit. I'm just like, no, no, sorry, no. Like, there are objective things about film, like the movie Star Wars, for example here's an here's here's an opinion the movie is good here's a fact the movie was written by george lucas there you go one is subjective one is objective you do the
1: pioneered an industry like it or don't like it's one of those things that there are things that we can say that are fact but anyone's opinion does not make it fact just because you're you say your opinion louder than someone else it does not there make for your opinion fact and someone else's like did I love the end of Rise of the Skywalker? Absolutely not. Have I rewatched Rise of the Skywalker a ton since it came out? Absolutely. Am I just happy Star Wars still exists? Absolutely. fucking Like, I think that's the point of like, everything doesn't have to be made for you. Like, the new Thundercats cartoon that's the Teen Titans Go style, it's not for me even though I'm a huge Thundercats fan. I know that and I let it exist on its own. Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go is a huge example of this where like
0: yes. something can
1: exist in the same literal universe as you but it doesn't have to affect you because you don't have to take it in because it's not necessarily made for you also it's just like the Loki stuff of all the fans that were like well you ruined it Marvel and it's like I was like canonically Loki's been chaotically multisexual, sexual multi-gendered for like the entirety of of the Norse religious experience uh, but also like the entirety of their existence and marvel so just by the fact that like you haven't acknowledged that it exists in your universe yet doesn't mean it doesn't but it also doesn't affect you in that way you just don't have to take it in like sit the fuck down you don't have to partake like i've chosen not to partake in the snyder cut of justice league it is just where i am in my universe will i watch it eventually abso-fucking-lutely has it affected me that it existed no you know Am I still mad that the first Suicide Squad movie came out? Absolutely. Am I super excited for the Suicide Squad movie coming out next week? Absolutely. Like, am I I excited in any version of a world where I get more Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn? Absolutely. Like, it's just one of those things that it's like, take what you want from what you love. Let it exist. Like, for my Power Rangers fans out there, if you just want the original Power Rangers, you just want Tommy Oliver as the Green Ranger, have it exist. Know that it's there, but it doesn't mean that it's the best because you love it the most. I think is is my thing of, like, just because you love something the most doesn't mean it is the best. And therefore, you don't need to voice that opinion because, like i was so where i live in florida right before i came up to pennsylvania for the summer uh walter um oh god why am i forgetting his last name um he played zach the original black ranger it was doing a meet and greet and so i went over for that it was very expensive that's another conversation of how much some television stars charge for (laughs) meet and greets and autographs but um I'm going to wrap up because I'm spending so much time not talking about Steven universe today, <laughs> but I, no, I think the nostalgia conversation is very important, especially like my whole brand is nostalgia. Like a lot of people's personal brands on the internet are nostalgia, but I think it's one of those things where like there were, Adults my age with kids that were there and they were like talking generationally and they were like, oh, blah, 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 you know, this was the best. And another kid was like, oh, yeah, my mom showed me this because she loved it. But like, I really love this version of the Power Rangers because I grew up with this. And they were like, oh, well, no, that was a bad Power Rangers. And it was like, I loved, I watched this one kid, he was maybe 10, looked at another guy and said, Did you even watch it? And he was like, No, but I saw, was <laughs> like, No, but I watched a video and it looked like crap. And the kid was like, You don't get to say anything then. And I went, Ma'am, I literally (gasps) want to be like, can I buy your son an action figure to get signed? Because like, he's my fucking hero in this moment.
0: And it's like, it's, it's like, I want to buy him an action figure. I want to buy him. I want him to be as long as he's not. I want him to be
1: president. Like, like your son, keep training him. You did well, ma'am. I want to
0: give you a medal. I want to buy you dinner. You
1: deserve a parenting medal for this. But like, it's one of those things that it's like, cool. If you don't like that it exists, just ignore it then. Or just appreciate, if you just want to like Steven Universe for the art, appreciate it for the art, appreciate it for the fluffy stuff, appreciate it for Cookie Cat. But like, if once you saw things coming out and you were like, this looks terrible, I think like when I say "Mm, that looks bad, it looks like something I'm not going to enjoy. I typically will sit out and not watch it until I'm like really high later and decide I want to watch it. But like I decide not to partake in those moments of of pop culture because the beautiful thing is there's so much in the media that we can choose not to partake of things and it is fucking okay because it's going to do well with or without you. It's like I'm, you know, Disney and I are not doing well and like i've decided to sit out a lot of their media but like i still want it to do well for the people that need it like i haven't watched luca yet for not for any other reason than i haven't had time but like all of my like queer italian friends who are like raging over luca i was just like i'm so glad that you all have this now like Though I like, though, every time I'm in a store and I go, I need that. And I just hear go, silencio Bruno. And I go, what? And I just like, you don't need a bitch. And I was like, oh, damn. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, I think getting back to Steven Universe, it's one of those things that I, I, I just would love to see people as we pummel through 2021 and into 2022 in a world where we see how delicate life is now. Like stop wasting time on things that you don't think are going to matter to you and then don't voice your opinion about them because it doesn't matter. It's going to exist whether you want it to or not. Someone else, it's going to be the most important media they've ever consumed. And so like just let it exist. I th- I think we're at a tipping point with nostalgia where like it's really important for a lot of people but it should stop. It should stop determining the value of something purely based on a fuzzy feeling that we have based on our eight-year-old selves. Um, Which is interesting about Steven Universe because the nostalgia for it, it's literally like five years old. Like it is never not existed over the last few years, but it's one of those things that Mm -hmm. people feel such ownership for, which I find a lot with animated adult, adult animated fans. Like it's one of those things that I don't, I didn't mean to tangent for so long. Um, no, I No. the Ted talk was fantastic, but you know, I think it's one of those things that I just, I, it's something I love about our discord is, and this is just a subtle sale for our discord, The like we can have heated conversations on there with each other about like the value of something or like the other day, I literally just said that politically, I don't think Scarlett Johansson is some, someone I can support because of how she looks at gay rights issues and LGBTQ issues and trans issues through the work that she thinks that she should deserve to have. And to me, that is enough to like, not want to support her. But I also like really want to support Florence Pugh and like Rachel Weiss, who never gets the credit she deserves. Um, and like David Harbor, who is like this, like daddy bear. He's yeah, my dad. He's like daddy bear. I love him.
0: I love him. So he's much. both my dad and also my daddy. Between him getting all muscly for for
1: Hellboy and then just being like a total like burnout babe and stranger things. But also I love this. And again, Disney's the only one that's doing it. And I really love this like superhero that's gone to seed that's got to like squeeze his ass back in that suit. Like there's something kind of fun and exhilarating and also as like a plus size person of me being like yeah yeah chubby man you get yourself back in that fucking suit
0: you go my dude um and then you have virtual vice there just being like you got fat yeah but good. yeah i really there have been a couple um
1: also because fat people this i know this is going to be uh a shock to some people fat people are attractive fat people can be attractive fat people can be uh sexually appealing I'm looking at one right now you need to stop making me fall in love with you i hate you so much stop it gd it's not fear <laughs> as chaotic nb entities we have to stop doing this um <laughs> but like you know it's one of those things that like i love that everybody's like I don't know what this is, but David, but like David Harbour from stranger things, he makes me feel things. He's, is he hot? Are we allowed to say he's hot? I was like, yes, bitch. If you think he's hot, say he's hot. It's okay. But I guess
0: what? Everyone's, everyone's hot.
1: hot. There is a great DD. Well, it's a tabletop podcast that I listened to called bits before crits and their wrap up of their show is, and just remember you are canonically attractive. Like, and that is their send off. And I like, it's so good. Cause it's such the hype that I think everybody needs. Um, but it's even like I lo- like I love that like stag is like bar a boy mommy milk or hot like I think like TikTok right <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't seen more stag stand TikToks. like it's just one of those things that like I you know it's one of those things that like rose quartz is beautiful it's something that's so important to me about steven universe is that like the body types or like I love that like bismuth is unapologetically more masculine and large and like gorgeous with their their dreads and things and like there's this beautiful subtle relationship between bismuth and and pearl in future and i just i think it's so special um but okay, so let's we can, let's wrap up the movie and we'll jump into future because I have a lot to say about future. Uh, I hope everyone's ready. This is clearly going to be a two hour episode, so I hope everyone's ready.
0: Oh, um, I knew this. I knew this it was going to be, be two we're going like, to like be. the first hour oh, yeah. talking about the movie. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. And so, what are just some? Is there anything that you think that missed the mark or that you wanted more of with the movie? Because we always have to talk about the good and the bad. Um, is there anything that you wanted more of, or you thought that they just didn't? quite hit the mark with when they were doing the movie.
0: To be honest, no. I mean, I mean, I, I hate to be that person. of just be like, Oh, I think it's perfect. But like genuinely, I'm like, this is like all in all exactly what I wanted. And also everything that I didn't know I wanted. And that's what I, that's what I love from, from like, not just from movies, but from every, from anything like taking it back to Loki. I'm just like, like I, I was just on the real movie Critic vs. Cineguy talking about it and I'm like, this is literally everything I wanted from a Loki show, but also like so much there that mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. I want. Like, you know, I didn't know that, you know, I, I, I ha- like, I was like, I knew I wanted to see Jonathan Majors as, as Immortus, but like, I didn't know I needed him in that last episode. Spoilers for the, for, for Loki, which I think everyone has seen point. I moment. haven't, but it's okay. <laughs> I know what happens. And also since I can plug it here on this show I, I felt uncomfortable plugging it on on their show because they like to keep it clean over there but since we are dropping the fuck word so much over here I can I can officially say uh, everyone go check out my friends Seth Decker and Aaron Moriarty on their show Loki Sucks Dick it is a is a show on their YouTube channel Montrester Media that's uh, like their their whole thing like Seth is the whole reason I am here in the podcast realm with uh his show uh the Film Rescue Show which Aaron co-hosts along with multiple other shows but they on on their YouTube channel had a weekly show called called Loki Sucks Dick that took a uh like looked at Loki through Loki through a filmmaking and queer lens and it was amazing everyone like just go back rewatched the show but also like check out Loki sucks deck all like after each episode and you will absolutely love
1: it. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase with Loki of how I feel about one of my favorite drag quotes, which is Loki didn't get where they are by not selling something. So we know, we also know that Loki chose to be a mayor and be heavily dicked down to have their own baby. Like canonically, Canonically, Loki sucks dick.
0: Canonically, Norse mythology. Canonically. A book my Neil (laughs) game and I have to read for a podcast. Canonically, (laughs) Loki sucks dick.
1: Like, that's just where we are. (laughs) And that's exactly it. That's the show. There you go. Canonically, there we are. There we go. Um, But I'll agree with you. Again, I still stand on. I would have loved to seen maybe what another version of the script would have looked like without taking the gym's memories. But I think they made it work the way they did and again on second watch i liked it way more um because there is something devastating about because i think for steven and steven's growth and where we need to be um that steven needed to stand against Spinell on their own and then have to be held accountable for their own actions in how they handled spinel both of those things i think are handled in this movie and i think it is done really well it's enjoyable go watch it right now on hbo max um i'm still trying to get a a hold of a copy of the vinyl of the soundtrack because those went so quick and they are so expensive now but uh you know uh I, you know, I give it a solid eight out of 10 for the movie. Like, was it enjoyable? Absolutely. Is it one of my favorite musical movies now? Probably because that score is so good.
0: Um, It's probably my second favorite after Singing in the Rain just because I have such a deep love for Debbie Reynolds. Make him laugh. Make him laugh. Oh, Debbie Reynolds.
1: Okay, so if you want a fun musical movie with a great Debbie Reynolds cameo, you need to watch Connie and Carla starring Nila Vardalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding and Tony Collette from Hereditary. It's about two women who witness a drug crime in Chicago. They flee to LA and have to hide in an all-male drag review in los angeles as drag queens and they're two women that like love musical theater they were doing a musical review at the chicago uh airport and it's like chintzy but it's called connie and carla it's so good it it it's a pre-drag race drag film um and like all the all the gay characters in it except two are played by queer people um david Duchovny's in it uh, he plays a great role.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing it now. Oh it's my so lord, good. this is going
1: in the queue. I'm watching it's this. It's so good. Is it streaming somewhere? It is not. Yeah, it's... Unfortunately. Uh, DVD copies are very cheap. Very, very cheap. It's one you will want to watch over and over again. And of
0: course it's produced by Tom Hanks and Rita yes. Wilson. Of yes. course it is. Yes. Uh, it's it's
1: so solid. It's one that I also would love to see a musical of. Um, but yeah, no, I... I'm And I think the movie is a nice springboard for future, which, Oh, we JD let's get in because the trauma I have experienced now re experienced <laughs> twice in two weeks. So I watched future for the first time last week. Cause we were supposed to record last week. And then uh, I had internet issues and I had to work because theater schedules are stupid. Um, So I rewatched <laughs> it again this week and Oh, we, Ooh we, ooh we. I boy oh, how howdy. I texted my housemate Bowie. So how many times have you watched watched the whole thing? Twice.
0: All of it from oh. Fr-
1: so I've watched all of Steven Universe, three times. I've watched the movie twice, and I've watched Future twice now.
0: Um, the the okay. movie because I've watched it last night. Finishing up Future was my fourth watch all all oh, right. overall. By the way, not just that, it was my fourth watch overall in under a year. Oh my god. So you like the show, is what I mean. Can you tell I love this I th- can you tell I love Steven Universe?
1: So future, <laughs> we kinda jump right in after the movie. Um with little mean? Homeschool, Lil Homeworld, which I love. I love the new theme song. I love it's it's all so good. Um I'm gonna bring up an episode Hmm. breakdown so i remember it's only 20
0: episodes they're 11 minutes each um so again you go you can you can literally tell me the name of an episode and i can tell you exactly what happens in that episode Um, for future let me like i here we go
1: so (laughs) you know i they do something which most shows don't get to do which is tie up the loose ends they get to tie up the strings um which I think is so important for Steven universe to tie up these strings. Um, And just going through, I mean, first episode, we re we, we reacquaint with Jasper, the very, the OG villain, like who we then get Steven trying to help everyone. And we're, we're, we're watching, we're getting to watch. So like that first episode is, Traumatic. I'm going to say episode one, episode three. I literally was texting my housemate Bowie and was like, David, 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 I'm crying. David, I'm trying to do housework, but I'm sitting here gobsmacked and crying on my bed. Ah, <laughs> what is happening here? Um, they don't hold back at all from what they make you feel through these 20 episodes, which to me is draining, but fucking cathartic. It is, I can't tell you another show where I've gotten a beautifully cathartic ending in the way that I did in these 20 episodes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I still remember, so I believe it was, it was my Third watch through. Uh, I remember coming home one day after a particularly draining day of work. A day of work that I'll just flat out say I had a full I had a full blown anxiety attack at work to the point where like I, I was I think I was maybe like four hours into my shift and I went to our our walk-in cooler and I just I fell on the floor and I just I, just, I was sobbing. My man and my manager walks in and she's like, I'm gonna go get your mom. Because my mom and I work at the okay. same store, and 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 that and then she's just like, "You're gonna go home. You need to go That's home so nice, and get some rest." So nice. Okay. And then and that manager unfortunately doesn't work doesn't work with me anymore. I I, I love her to pieces. Um, then of course I go home, and what do I do? I watch Steven Universe Future episode nineteen. No. And I am bawling my eyes out I am being destroyed on the insides like on like like on the insides of me destroyed just shredded I was broken and uh, and after that happened I was like, you know i I think I'm good now I feel better. That's. I mean, it also helped that that day Jeff Smith, the creator of Bone, also uh, just like responded to a tweet, like retweeted me, and was just like, "Oh, thanks for doing a, 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 a an episode on, on one of my comics. I have to listen to you now." And that I was in my car on my way home after having an anxiety attack and just being like
1: ah! yeah. oh i love those when you go from the low low to that manic
0: high and you're like
1: what even is life yep so
0: of course i start crying all over again then i go home and watch Steven universe finish my watch of Steven universe future and crying once more and then i get, and then you but you i get to that finale and i'm just like oh, i needed that yeah
1: i i think something that's really important to me that i think is one of the most successful things they do is everybody gets an episode with steven and that is the point that leads steven Mm -hmm. to his breakdown again this is going to have some spoilers in it um but you know i too become a giant pink craggy monster when i have had a breakdown steven no worries my dude um but uh yeah what are what are some of the top standout things that you think steven universe did steven universe future did to kind of wrap up the franchise from a storytelling standpoint
0: well one of the things you did that i would say that is something you already mentioned is that like everyone did get their episode with steven you have like lap and and it's also just like they're all very in character mm-hmm. episodes. So you like when, when you have an episode with Lapis, they go to a planet and, and, and try to convince other Lapis Lazuli's to stop terraforming this planet because, and, and, you know, Lapis is walking around talking about her time when she used to terraform for the empire and how, you know, she's like, I don't know, like, like all the things that I might've destroyed and, and, and everything that went on. Or when, you know, when you get the episode with Paradox in dreams, mm-hmm. uh, which I I love that title. Um, the, and the idea of like bringing back Camp Pining Hearts as like a reboot. And then just, then just like raging over the show. Just being also, like, what is going on? And the, that's <laughs>
1: clearly a response to the fans. Like it is clearly a response. of the oh, absolutely. Fans after the movie, you know, it had to be.
0: Yeah. And it's like, what is with this character? He's so annoying. And you're like, you're making fun of the fans so hard and it's very yep. funny. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But like, and like by the end of that episode, like you have like Peridot and, and Steven just embracing each other and, and, and talking about it. it's like, you know, and Steven like points out in that, like that's the, I think that's the first time in that episode where we get to, I feel like one of the major themes, uh, or we're just one of the major plot points of this show is that, steven doesn't know how to connect with people Mm -hmm. when there isn't a crisis Mm -hmm. and he has to essentially relearn how to socialize with people and that's really really hard to watch as someone who has a very difficult time socializing as someone who was recently a groomsman in a wedding and how to leave the wedding to go sit in the in the in the groom's suite to watch The Wizard of Oz to calm down. <laughs> I completely understood Stephen every step of the way because I I was like I get it like like you've always had something to fix so therefore and if, and then like you have Dr Maheshwar and Connie's mom pointing out like the reason why I she's like I think the reason why you're like this trauma is hitting you so hard is because you know you you're like you're you have a, such a quiet life now and your support system is kind of drifting away from you because like when there was a crisis he was always with the gyms he was always with his dad he was always with connie like they were always there for each other no matter what because there was this overall crisis but now it's over mm. and this actually does something that i think is really fun uh like in in bringing it back to superhero comics is that like there's always those stories after the event when there are these very human stories and figure like well what like what like what do they do now and that's with steve and that's what they do with steven it's like well what does he do now because you know like with the establishment of little homeschool and like sadie is you know, sadie has you know a new partner and they're going on tour doing music and yeah we'll get we'll get to them in a second and then like you know then you have like oh like the 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 suspects have broken up and they're all doing they're all doing things you know like buck which also i believe this is the first time we've seen buck's eyes Mm -hmm. i believe Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is amazing uh but like it's like oh buck is gonna go off and like you know go to medical school and sour cream is like djing more and and, uh or like then you have like Lars and he and the off-colors are going off to space. So everyone's drifting away because it's like they don't have an overall crisis to bond mm-hmm. over. So now it's like, well, now we want to live our lives. Like we have we like we we no peace for once. Let's live our lives. And Steven's like, "No, I want you around me." I and and like the trauma hits him hard. Mm-hmm. And now he has to figure out what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And the thing is is that He is 16 at 14. He had to essentially become a intergalactic politician and warrior and no 14 year old should have to do that ever. And now he's, you know, now he's 16 and he is having to, you know, figure out, what this support system is going to, how this is going to work and like, how, how is he going to cope through everything now? And how is he going to essentially just live a quiet life? And he doesn't know how, because his life has always been extremely hectic and chaotic and has always had a crisis going on. And now he's like, I don't know what to do with the quiet life. I mean, he's like Michelle Rodriguez in, in F nine. She's like, you know, like I can't, like I miss the, like I miss this. Like, I don't know how, to live a quiet life i have to be where where the the crisis is going steven universe is what i'm saying here is that steven universe is letty from from the fast and furious movies (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yeah i I mean
1: so does that make does that make greg dom it's always about family
0: St- or or is steven both bloody and
1: Dom? i think no yeah i think steven's both Letty and top both both absolutely
0: because like he is like if, if if we're going with that binary uh, that 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 binary thing of like maybe the, like the masculine part of him is is the is the it's all about family mm-hmm. we got to stick together and the fe- and the feminine feminine side of him is no but violence yep. crisis
1: yep, <laughs> yep. i i But we don't deal in binaries. We don't. Fuck the binary. Fuck that. Burn it down. Um, But I do want to talk about um, uh, Shep for a second. I love... Well, one, they are voiced by uh, non-binary actor India Moore, Moore, which everyone might know as Angel Evangelista from uh, Pose on FX. They are... An insanely talented human, non-binary, transgender activist. They are incredible.
0: I love them so much. Um, and I... Also, if you have time, go check out the movie Queen and Slim. They're in that <gasps> yes, movie. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, such
1: a good movie. Um, it's funny. They're also in the new um, Escape Room movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... Hey, you know what? Hey, look. India Moore, get that Escape Room money. Get it's that okay. money, India Moore. We get, get it.
1: it. Uh, they've done beautiful work on Pose for the last three years, and that's how I know them. Four years, and that's they're they're amazing.
0: But I need mean, I, mean, I, I I I keep getting yelled at by Rachel to watch it. So well, I, now I, that I, it's I really done,
1: it just it. finished. So like once it's all on FX, I will say though you cannot binge that show. It's too emotionally devastating to binge. You're it's when you're gonna have mm-hmm. to give yourself some space. But I loved how it was. Nothing for how they handled Sadie having a new partner who is non-binary and I love that Lars like it was one of those things like there's no questions in this universe no one has any issues with non-binary people they just gender them properly by using the they them pronouns with ship uses and plays that amazing little electric instrument and has such a gorgeous relationship with Sadie. And I love it so much. Got that awesome septum uh, ring. Well, I mean, you can't be non-binary and queer and not have a septum ring or another facial piercing. I'm just saying not that I'm getting one done soon or anything. Uh, Cause I can't, I guess it'll work. You know, always <laughs> flip it up. Um, you know, if I didn't work with food, I probably would Yeah. <laughs> Um, But I thought that episode was so gorgeous and it was really beautiful to watch Steven handle his emotions with his non-gem friends. And I just, all these characters that I guess we've taken for granted through all of Steven universe, all were kind of there and they got one episode together and like Lars and the, the off colors are going back into space, which everybody's been like, give us more space adventures with Lars, give it to us. And And I'm like, "Yes!" yes." And I just thought it was beautiful. How handle how Steven handled that? Because like at the end of the day, Steven is 16 years old and his friends are all a little bit older than him, which, you know, I always thought was interesting, but you know, very common for a kid
0: like Steven. Um, and like it reminds me honestly of like the overachiever kids yes. like when you when, when you're a kid and you're known as like an overachiever you always like tend to go toward having older friends wait does that say something about me no it doesn't <laughs> because I was not an overachiever I was a B average hey that's fine B average kid while failing multiple classes is fine. it's fine I failed I, look I I was I failed because I just didn't do the homework because I don't believe in homework homework Is awful. Well, any teacher who hands out homework is well.
1: Also, grades dictating someone's worth and their academic and intellect, academic ability and intelligence is just—it's not how we can. It's not how we can look at things. It's like you know, once you get to university and things, a work outside of class is just kind of necessary. It's mandatory. It is what it is. But I always told my students, I was like, listen, do the work that you that I've assigned you. I'm going to give you an A because you did what I asked you to do. But then my critique of the work is going to be there for you to look at and grow. But just because my personal opinion of something, I didn't think it was the smartest thing to do, but you still did all the work. And I know my project took you 150 hours to do. I'm not going to give you a C just because I creatively don't like a decision you made because that's bullshit. So I agree with you. We need to reform the academic setting, the academic sector uh, in primary, secondary, as well as as higher ed. But that's another podcast. Yep,
0: and let me be let me be a teacher so I can uh, teach uh, horror movies. Yes. To kids. Um, because i i have i i have i have ideas
1: listen that that would be a great position for like an adjunct at a university or a community college where you could have teenagers and college students take that course that
0: would be lovely in so many because like an idea I've, i've floated in my brain about like if i did a course specifically on horror movies it's at the end of the year i would give out like a, essentially like a a like a survey sort of to the students and be like okay what are the movies that affected you the most mm-hmm. what are the movies that didn't also what are the like what are the movies that didn't really affect you but we had interesting conversations mm-hmm. afterward about them and then structure the syllabus for the next year based yes. off of that yeah because then it's great. like we could watch the movie together and be like yeah not everyone liked it but we had a really interesting conversation afterward about it absolutely um and well I think that's these are the things I think about in my free time. well and you
1: know what it's so interesting that like Steven you know this even goes back to like Connie prepping for college and like the thing that like Connie's checking out of her having to check out of her whole life just because she's prepping for college but Steven's like oh could I go to college and all these things and it's like oh buddy and then he's like I was never went to school I didn't go to the I didn't go to the doctors all these things that I went oh yeah Greg kind of fucked up but also like he was being raised by three intergalactic, like gay space rocks. Like they weren't going to know.
0: Like I, yeah, you know, I think, uh, and great. And like, you know, Greg bless his heart is like, you know, lives in the van. He's not like there every day mm-hmm. in the house with Steven bless Greg's heart. He heart. He is the best dad, Yeah. but there is, there is that there is that we have to consider. And, and like, you know, Connie's mom is just like, "I'm gonna have a talk with your father later," and it's like, you know, that conversation did not go nope, well.
1: Nope, 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 nope,
0: because you know. And guess what? All the, all the, all the chewing out that he got from her, he deserves deserved it, and he knows he did. Oh, let's think, Greg. He Greg. Greg is the type of person where he's like, he gets chewed out. And he's just like, no, you're right. I deserve that. I love how self aware Greg is as a character because
1: normally a character like him because again this is another thing that steven universe does the hapless dad trope got flipped on its head because like it would be really easy to lump greg in with like homer simpsons peter griffin stan smith um cleveland but like they do with greg what um they've done with bob on bob's burgers a lot but i think to a more successful point with greg that like guys are just hapless because a lot of men have never been told that they need to be anything other than bumbling or never had to be held accountable for anything. And so just like the fact that like Greg owns up to where he's let Stephen let, you know, maybe not come through for Stephen, but even like in the episode, mystery universe that we got, which was beautiful. Also featuring an amazing song by everybody's flight of the Concords, buddy, Jermaine Clement, Um, I love the two songs that we get in this that are featured by other artists that don't have anything to do with Steven Universe. Um, Really, really great. I love, I love uh, the Mr. Universe song, but I also love the song in... That song by Emily uh, King. In Bismuth Casual. So lovely. I love it. Also, I love that, like, those little moments of, like, I... having Connie be like, I love this song so much. It's totally what I'm into right now. It's those little things where like, it humanizes Connie in such a beautiful way that I just, it's one of those little things that like, I didn't think there was anything they could do to make me love Connie more than they already did. But I was like, Connie is just so wonderful. Such a beautifully written female character because they don't write Connie as a female character. They write Connie as a fully fleshed out character with problems and love and all of these aspirations who happens to be female, which I, it's something I love about all of the characters in the show. I feel like that's something beautiful about the gems, not being gendered, but choosing to present as female. Um, is that any, a lot of shows all the conflict and action and character choices are made specifically on a gendered basis and like I don't feel a single decision in Steven Universe was ever made based in a gender binary decision which I really
0: fucking appreciate absolutely i i fully agree and that like that reminds me because like i know uh rebecca sugar identifies as non-binary but has also but also goes by both they them and and she she, her her pronouns Mm -hmm. so i feel like and 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 they've also mentioned that like they they modeled the gems after themselves a little bit so that makes a lot of sense that like rebecca Sugar is non-binary but also and and also uh usually like i know like Presents uh femme mm-hmm. normally in, in like in like you know in the in the physical space. That's what but but is non-binary because like gender doesn't fucking gender matter. Gender doesn't fucking matter. Uh, Clothing
1: isn't gendered. Think about that, everyone. Clothing isn't fucking gendered. <sighs>
0: and i sit here uh wearing a t-shirt and jeans. listen everyone
1: can wear t-shirts and jeans and that has nothing to do about your gender it just means you're comfortable also because it's you know a sunday morning when we're recording this so fuck it
0: <laughs> you mean a sunday morning where i when i got off work uh two and a half hours what ago?
1: really oh my god i didn't realize
0: is that JD, I yeah, I was at work at two a.m. this morning. JD, and I'm going to be at work at two a.m. tomorrow because that's the that that is the life choice that I have made that I fully regret. Well, no, you know, it's
1: also just kind of part of where the the like working force thing is right now. That that is another podcast that I think we would need to have Rachel Quirky-Shank <laughs> on where we can scream about the working class and unionizing. Uh, but here we are talking about gay space rocks uh that bring me such fucking joy um is there anything with future that you wish we could have gotten that we didn't get
0: again no Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i i i I just i really enjoyed all of it i think it was the i thought it was the perfect length Mm -hmm. like you mentioned i love the fact that we got you know and like essentially just an episode where of everyone with steven Mm -hmm. and really tying up those loose ends like you know we get the amethyst episode we get the episode with pearl and and like you know like our pearl that we have known for for the entire show as well as pink diamond's original pearl which broke my heart then like the moment they fuse and you're just like, Oh god and like having that end of the two of them just talk of like Ultimate Pearl just like talking about like they get to be together, they get to share this and they get mm-hmm. to finally understand of like, you know, one new pink when you know, just always new pink as someone who wasn't going to change mm-hmm. and one new pink when she wanted to mm-hmm. change. And now they get to un- and now they get to have yep. each other mm-hmm. in her absence. And it's just it's gorgeous. I love it. And I and like I like I am a monster, just like it, it destroys me emotionally every single time. Mostly whenever like Garnet gives giant monster Steven a hug um, and just tells him that he's gonna be okay.
1: Um, and then
0: everyone comes forward and like you have Paradox saying she's like, I don't know why like what you saw in me and Mm -hmm. why you helped me change but you did and therefore i'm not gonna leave you and then you have connie just coming up and she's just like like i wish like and like everyone basically just being like i wish you just told us yeah like you could have just talked about it and that and honestly that's what i find that's another thing i find so fascinating about steven universe future in that is that steven just doesn't talk to people Mm -hmm. now Like he just doesn't talk about his emotions when, when he was two years ago, he was all about talking about his emotions because he grew up in a space where that was okay. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that everyone is living these peaceful lives and everyone like is starting to like essentially just like kind of drift apart from each other in 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 their, in their Mm -hmm. own way. But you know, still being a family, you know, he feels this, like, I don't want to, he's like, I've always been the person that people go to and and I help them through hard times, but I'm having a hard time and I don't want to be a burden, but it's like, but Steven, like they're there Mm -hmm. to help you. That's like their whole thing right now is like, they just want to help you. I do. I do think that, you know, they can be a bit abrasive at Mm -hmm. times where they're just like yelling at him saying like, stop doing this, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. No, talk to us. And Steven, and I, I I'm I'm like, there's the moments where I like, I'm kind of on Steven's side of like, well, you're kind of, I feel like you're acting slightly hostile mm-hmm. towards Steven. And like, I, I get why he doesn't want to want, want to just talk about it and why he lashes out. But at the same time, you know, I, un, I completely understand. Cause like they, have known him for his entire life. So they know that something is off with his behavior and they understand that there is something that there's just something wrong. And he just wants, he just needs to talk about it, but he won't talk about it. So, and they don't know, you know, you, you could you know, Yes. The gyms are 6,000 years old, but you know, at times they're essentially just as old, as old as he is. Mm-hmm. They have just as much experience as he does because they don't know all the complex human emotions that go on they're still learning them themselves mm-hmm. all the gems that are that are arriving to earth now they you know they're you know just at the cusp of beginning mm-hmm. uh, to, to understand what a, complex complex emotions are so i loved that i loved that like no one is painted to just to be fully right or fully mm-hmm. in the wrong mm-hmm. is that everyone has like everyone has their faults and everyone has their You know, their their biases and everyone, but also everyone still has like that tender love for each other. It's
1: almost like emotional growth continues throughout your whole life and you never stop learning, growing, or changing. And when you do, you stagnate and die. It's almost like, you know, you need therapy. We need therapy. We need people to talk to. We need to be able to talk through our emotions talk through issues to be able to decompress and talk because otherwise all you're going to do is eat yourself alive by compressing things uh you know i'm you know looking in the
0: mirror it's almost like there's a reason why steven got a therapist by the end of the show i uh,
1: i love that little moment where he's like the moment he says
0: i can still talk to my the moment he said i can still talk to my therapist on the road i was just like this is a kid's show and we're talking about therapy. Alright, here we it's go.
1: So little Well, and then you also saw Garnet like being a marriage counselor to that couple in in the second to last episode. <laughs> I loved that. I also love that we saw Steven's body growing and changing so much as he was like dealing with the pink diamond issues because for so long Steven was like really he was really insecure about the fact that he wasn't growing, his voice wasn't changing all these things, and we were getting like scruffy uh we were getting like cool hair. Steven, we were getting a little like peach buzz. Steven, we were getting all these things that I was like, "Oh, you're growing. What a good boy." Oh, oh, you're
0: being a monster. Oh, it's
1: okay. It's okay, Oh we're god. All a monster.
0: The second, oh god, you're turning into a Dragon Ball villain. The second
1: Jasper episode.
0: straight up yes. in the in the fight with Jasper, Ooh. he was just a Dragon oh, Ball villain. Oh my
1: god, he was one of the Majin Boos. He was one of the many versions of Boo and uh, but I also love that they were making him, like, a little hunkier each time, too. Like, he was getting muscles. He was getting, like, chiseled out. In and, three days. Yeah, but it was one of those. In three days. But then I love that, like, he bounced back and was normal Steven again after it, which I appreciated. But, again, it was all of those things mm-hmm. of, like, we're watching Steven process through all the, like, all of the sectors of grief. We're watching him process through what it's like to just kind of experience these things. And I'm also hoping that it's actually it's it's being talked about in such a non-toxic way it's being talked about in such a frank beautiful way that i hope this actually did inspire a lot of people to get help find therapists um to talk to people because sometimes your friends aren't the best at helping you traverse those things but it is important to remember that your friends are there to help you because i know i'm one of those people that i never want to burden somebody with something that's happening um But it's also like sometimes you literally have to be able to talk to someone about it. And I think that was one of the really important things that I pulled out of the show was like... Untraining toxic behavior that we societally are taught, and they did it in such a way that's not like even though we get a very funny, very special episode where even onion gets an episode with Steven, which I fucking love. Because I'm one of Oh
0: my god. And also we got more Rainbow Quartz 2.0 and Sunstone. We do.
1: I love oh, I love Sunstone. I love Rainbow Quartz 2.0 and the weird, very David Tennant, Doctor Who, Matt Smith kind of character that Rainbow Quartz 2.0 is. But um, I think they did a really gorgeous job of talking about things without talking about things, but then it was addressed and it was handled in a way that also didn't feel like it was being pandering, but it also was like something that the audience is going to continue to think about after, which for me is so effective (laughs) and so smart that I, I don't have anything that's like, well, I wish they'd done this with future. I wish I'd done that with future because for me, I, because of that, I saw future foot exactly what future was supposed to be. Um, which was decompressed, yeah,
0: Or like you have with, with Dr. Maheshwar and like just sitting down with Steven explaining psychological trauma because he's never had to Mm -hmm. know what that was before. But now it's like, well now you're dealing with it and you need to know, and I'm going to explain it to you step by step what it actually is. And, You know, when I first saw that, I was, you know, I did think, like, this feels like almost like a PSA, Mm -hmm. and and essentially, but it was like, at the same time, I was like, no, but this is supposed, but I feel like this, like, this show is just a PSA of, like, you, like, it's like, it's okay, just go to therapy. Go to therapy and start your journey, Mm -hmm. and things will begin to begin to be better. So, because of that,
1: why do you think this series was so unpopular with fans because a lot of the fans online I'm seeing everyone hated future. And I don't understand, like I legitimately do not understand for a fan, for a show that has a specifically queer neurodivergent fan base. I don't understand why this sh- why they all have nothing good to say about future.
0: The first and going back to like having like seeing like first, negative things I've seen of the show. Another first for me w- f- with future was actually funny enough was Shep. And here's what the criticism was. And on a surface level, I kind of get it. If you didn't actually delve into what the show was, it was, and, and it was someone just saying that Shep was a token queer, uh, token non-binary character. And I was like, no, 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 no. See, 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 first of all, first of all, all of the gems are essentially non-binary is it kind of weird that all the that all the non-binary characters that we have are essentially like intergalactic aliens? Sure, but that's fantasy for you, and that's fine. And also, it's I think it's a really interesting non-binary representation in, in a children's cartoon. But what's I love about Shep's presence in, in even though it is just for that episode. But uh, no get getting back to it's like not everyone like. Sadie doesn't appear in the rest of the show. She's only in that one episode. Lars doesn't appear in the rest of the show. He's only in that one episode. It's because it's like Shep is, you know, Shep has a relationship to Sadie, therefore they're going to just be there with Sadie. Shep is mentioned later because Greg has now gone from being, you know, the suspect's manager to being Shady and Se- Sadie and Shep's manager. But like having Shep there, and what What I love is that Shep immediately picks up on what's going like just Mm -hmm. they're just really good at just reading the room and just talking just talking to Steven, like hey so maybe the reason why this is happening is because you know you just don't want your your friends to drift Mm -hmm. away and maybe you should talk about that with them Mm -hmm. and just going about it in a in a Mm non-confrontational way in a very polite way and it's like yeah, the reason you're criticizing this is because you didn't actually watch the fucking right. show.
1: Well, and that's my whole thing. I was like, so did you want them to, like, put in a big trauma episode where, like, everybody's misgendering them and all these things? Like, I you can't have it both ways where you're like, well, we're just there for trauma porn or we're just there as a token. But they're not there as a token. Also, because everyone's kind of ragingly queer and unusual in Beach City. Like, you can't say anybody's a token in Beach City. It's, it's like saying... um the 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 pizza family is like the token like it's there's no tokenism in Steven universe and that's something i love about steven universe um and so like
0: like you can't tell me that mr smiley and his friend who by the way does show up in that final episode mm-hmm. it's like canonically it's like oh he stuck his friend stuck around you cannot tell me they weren't in a relationship mm-hmm you cannot tell
1: me and it's one of those things that like stevani's non-binary because they're a combination of multi-gendered and they're outside of gender and so like they address that in the show as well as stevani and so like you can't it's queer people who want to be mad about everything which is, is a huge proponent of like online queer culture especially among people who specifically live outside of the like gay lesbian gender binary Um, sexuality binary Um, and like i feel like queer people we're not allowed to enjoy anything we have to always have a problem with everything and this is one of those rare situations where i go it wasn't problematic there's literally nothing problematic about this especially considering the showrunner and creator is non-binary non-binary like like you can't you can't get fucking mad like that's one of those things where this is a moment where it all was so beautiful and positive And like, you can't get fucking mad about it.
0: Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm ever mad about is Kevin. Cause fuck Kevin. Kevin's the worst. Yeah, that's right. I'm bringing him back. <laughs> fuck that I piece of shit. Fuck that toxic piece of yeah. shit. I also, I, I, I love that like they keep bringing Kevin back and it's like, he just gets progressively worse, yep. but Steven and Connie's relationship just keeps getting stronger outside of Kevin's bullshit. Yep. Yep. I love it. Yep. You'll love to see it. I love to see it. Well, and I also don't understand how
1: this fandom still has so many like straight white male neckbeards. Like I don't understand how they have perv, how they have prevailed through everything, still love the show because they love to hate the show. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I get it's because they've never been told their opinion doesn't matter because their opinion doesn't matter. I don't don't understand. understand. I don't don't understand. understand. I don't understand. Don't understand. understand. Uh, But like, I just, when I, like one point I just want to scream, there's no spot for you at the table. So shut the fuck up. Like there's, it's those moments of like, I don't understand how someone could. Well, I mean, it's just again because of toxic masculinity, misogyny, and patriarchal culture. They don't understand that their opinion isn't valid or it doesn't matter because it's not their experience. And like, you don't have to watch things just to hate it. Like, things can exist. Though you know, I do love that again. They address that with the mm-hmm. the the um uh, mm-hmm. campfire Camp hearts Harts episode. Where like sometimes it's okay to like just which is funny can i tell you that has the low oh, nope oh yeah it has the lowest um it's got the lowest uh uh viewership of when it first broadcast um which i mean i kind of get i it. get it sort but good. also like what i'm seeing is everybody watched the first 3 episodes Four, five episodes and then everybody watched the four part finale and nobody watched
0: anything in the middle uh because yeah they got to Bluebird and they were just like I'm gonna check out for a little the, bit and it's like no you can't the, you yeah, can't check on the out the
1: surface it you know on the surface it appears that it is they're all slice of life episodes but they're really important slice of life episodes and every show has really important mm-hmm. slice of life episodes so
0: like they just gotta get over it um yeah, and actually, you another another thing that like uh, just a weird example of like s- like uh, someone from the fandom just n- fundamentally not understanding what they're watching. I remember seeing, so I just saw like a, a tweet. It wasn't actually even related to Steven Universe, but it was like uh, it w- it was someone talking about um, like. Like it was making fun. It was. It was. I think it was a tweet making fun of people who are angry about characters who later become canonically queer. But it's like the signs were always there. It's just someone finally pointed it out. Yep. And then someone in the comments mentions like, "Oh yeah, someone did that. Like they did a Steven Universe. Like they like they made a character gay and just like, I'm sorry. Who who? First of all, everyone's queer in that show. Second of all, who are you even talking about? They were talking about Lapis. And I'm like sit down lapis and Paradot it's like i like i make the jo- like i made the joke on this rewatch of like oh per- like lapis is peridot's uh, emo girlfriend and like because i find that really funny just for me yeah. but at the same time i'm just like yeah but that's not actually a thing they're just best friends
1: well, because peridot is like canonically ace from a canonically ace show showrunner of the show they were like "Paradot is like non-sexual completely ace complete like just where they are and i was like oh look at all the people that ran the show that were able to write themselves into the show and i
0: love that for them because everybody deserves to be seen yeah but it's like and lapis like I, I, like I'm 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 having flashbacks once again to that to us talking about like the the using lapis and jasper as like a as like a metaphor for toxic relationships mm-hmm. in real life and I'm just like that's like lapis is someone who's just been who's just burned so mm-hmm. bad by relationships that she just decides she wants to be uh, she wants to be by herself mm-hmm. like she wants to she wants to relearn how mm-hmm. to like being by herself once again. And she learns that through Peridot who is ace. And then therefore it's like the two of them just become the best of friends. And then Bismuth gets to enter that equation.
1: Also having a non-sexual partnership with somebody is very real. It's very like very of the moment. And like we can, again, it's that idea that like we find ourselves in the person that we love, but it's like, no, we find ourselves in the people we surround ourselves by. And like, we need to put just as much, energy and time and love into friendships because they are there even beyond love relationships and that's just again something else that's so important and so poignant about the show that I think that we all need to take away from it Is there anyone that we got to see in future or that we didn't see in future that we wish we could have seen? I think they did a pretty good job
0: of showing us. I wish we could have seen the onion family a bit more.
1: I, yeah, I agree. They were all there. Onion got his episode. We got to see sour cream DJing, but like, um, yeah, we saw Vidalia. Vidalia and yellow.
0: We got that. We got that really cute moment in episode 19 of like yellow tail and sour cream on yellow tails. Boat uh-huh. listening to S- Sour Cream's music. And I'm just like, that's cute. Cause it's like, you know, event, like once they saw eye to eye, finally, yeah. you know, that Yellowtail be like became full on supportive oh, of yeah, Sour Cream. Absolutely.
1: Like I love also seeing all the gyms who are just intrinsically part of beach city culture now. Like I lo- like, I just, I love it so much. Like it's, it's so it's the whole point of beach city and they canonically kept beach city weird, which I think is so really important to me about the show.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, again, of course there are all sorts of character. Like I, you know, I mentioned the, the onion family, but also like, I kind of wish we could have seen like we could have had Buck a bit more Mm -hmm. and like kind of, kind of touched on, but like the relationship between Buck and his dad, Uh, because we haven't seen that in a while. And like, like, you know, we saw, we saw Mr. Dewey a little bit. He's still running the donut shop. He's still just keeping, he's still just doing, keeping it real. You know who we didn't see who didn't get an episode
1: with Steven? And I'm a little sad about It's Jamie. No, <gasps> Jamie. There was no Jamie. My, my, my. Talk about characters that were clearly homosexual. Community theater, Jamie. Clearly, clearly low Jamie clearly well, I love, oh I, I miss jamie i love and protect I, with every fiber of my being
0: <laughs> i i i i found out like a week or so ago that the actor who plays jamie was also the car- guy who played casey on and on, on loki and i was just like oh oh
1: really crap. i didn't know that yeah. oh my
0: god oh that makes so much
1: sense oh i
0: love i that. know and apparently like I I believe his name is Eugene Cordero and apparently like they're like, like ripped. Uh, And I'm just like, Oh God, like does that mean that maybe in season two we'll get ripped Casey and I'll just, and like all of my Jamie fantasies will come true. Uh Oh, oh, Hey, Mm,
1: mm,
0: mm, mm, woo. (laughs) woo. No, I also really, I'm like,
1: okay, he needs to join the show. That's like woo and cat. And and um, um, Torres, because uh, also talk about someone who uh, I would love to see more of is Torres from Falcon Winter Soldier, because, again, I say, ooh, woo about Torres. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no idea that that was the actor who Look! played Jamie. I loved him and um, I loved him in Loki. Yeah, we didn't get enough of him. Yeah. God, I mean, probably very busy person at that point. But, well, I don't think they were filming Loki at that point because this came out and started in December 2019 and went through. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they were filming through the pandemic. I can't imagine getting the first 10 episodes of this and then having to wait three months for the last, like, 10 episodes because the first 10 episodes were in December, oh, with Future? yeah. And then it went through Christmas and then we didn't get anything till March. Like that's so wild, but I imagine they were
0: Oh, yeah, cuz episode 10 was the Prickly Pear. Uh-huh,
1: which was of not
0: Oh my god. Which I would have to
1: say if I have a least favorite episode of Future, it's probably Prickly Pear. I have to
0: be honest i mean i get it I, I i absolutely get it that is the one or yeah i well, i, 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 get I it.
1: loved every episode but like that's the one where i'm just like meh meh but like again it was great
0: but like who this- i am also that person who's who just literally does not have a least favorite episode of the yeah. show, of, of of any of it like i know like you know racial racial like I believe they said that their least favorite episode is the is the Catfingers episode, which I'm like, nah, give me that body horror, please. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I'm like – like it's really – and also, let's talk about that too of like going back and re-watching Steven Universe, the original show, after having seen the movie in future and, and like everything – everything has changed now you're like in in watching it through that lens of this is going to ruin
1: him i'm gonna have to do that later now. now that i've watched everything i need to go back and canonically watch everything in in order uh but yeah this is jd thank you so much for being on the show this was so lovely to revisit and scream about and thank you for forcing me to experience this trauma uh uh what are you doing jd what are you okay i i think you have a gift for the audience i, I think you have a gift for them do i i, I, think, I, don't, know. I don't know what could, I, that, be? I, I what mean, could that be what could
0: that be what what could this all of a sudden be i just go all i want to do see you turn into a giant woman a giant woman all i want to be someone who to see a giant woman all I wanna do is help you turn into a giant woman, a giant woman. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I already messed it up.
1: It's all right. It was very sweet. Should I start it over? It was very sweet. I'm sure everyone appreciates it. I'm not going to do it. I I love that. Thank you. Well, so I know you kind of breezed through it earlier. Stage fright is real. It's very real. Also, because you're like, this is forever. Podcasts are forever. Uh, So you kind of went over it earlier. (laughs) Give us a big breakdown of where everyone can find you on the internet.
0: So. Uh, again, I, uh, I'm i part of the Certain POV Network with my two podcasts, Comics Quest and The Long Haul. If you want to follow us, we are on Twitter at Comics Quest Show. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at JD, Mar- JD underscore Martin underscore because there's a lot of JD Martins out there. Uh, you can follow me lurking. You can also find me lurking on the certain POV discord. Uh, I have my own personal discord through comics quest, the long haul, and soon to be fables and reflections, which debuts, uh, Friday, August 13th. That's right. We're doing a Neil Gaiman podcast on Friday the 13th. No, it was not planned that way. It just sort of, it was totally planned. Uh, You, you have to tell everyone it was planned that way. And of course, what are we talking about first? Coraline. Yay. Which I now have to read for the first time because like Angela is like the Neil Gaiman super fan over here and I'm over here just like I have literally only watched Coraline and Stardust and that is it I have experienced nothing else I haven't even read the Sandman yet. Oh, I can't, and I, I can't. So I get, to, I, I now get to read the Sandman and also have have like deep conversations after every big story arc. Oof, and I can And that makes me very excited. I
1: can't wait for you to watch Good Omens as well.
0: I can't, I mean, I I actually did start reading Good Omens, but I was just like, I'm not in the mental headspace to read this mm-hmm. just yet. It's a bit dense. Can I tell you, that's how uh, I feel
1: about a lot of Neil Gaiman's writing, is like, I love it, but it's a lot to sit through. But I think most of his adaptations have been done so beautifully that I really just enjoy taking them in visually.
0: Yeah, like, I'm actually really excited to finally read read Stardust, because mm-hmm. I adore the movie stardust that was an early movie love for me and i also think that might have been a queer awakening for me looking at you robert de niro Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: look i had a lot of queer awakenings and that was one of them and steven universe was absolutely another Mm -hmm. i think steve i think stevani and garnet were like big awakenings for me i'm like oh these are the two characters i latch onto the most and these are the two that are both clearly non-binary and stand outside of the gender norm does this say something about
1: <laughs> Oh, and I'm uh happening to guest on your Stardust movie episode. So that will be very fun. Yes, you are. And I'm very, very excited. It gives me a chance to I'm revisit it. Also. I revisit that movie all the time. So it gives me... And it's about to be spooky time.
0: So I'm very excited for that. Yes. Also, uh fun little fact. Claire Danes and I share a birthday. I love that. Sorry, keep... Finish your your wrap up of where you are. I interrupted you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, if you want to yeah if you want to check all that stuff out, that's great. Uh, you can find comics uh, Comics Quest and the Long Haul are on there are on a feed together, so you can find them together. Just check out Comics Quest. Uh, Comics Quest again is the show where I discuss comics. Uh, you know just anything that i think anybody can get into pretty like pretty easily um by this point yeah fables and reflections will be i guess now my whole thing on morrison quest is just i'm gonna talk about how everything has a queer narrative to it it does everything does everything does whether they want it to or not it does
1: we've taken over everything
0: so i have a question have you ever wanted to get into comics but you just didn't know where to start well welcome to comics quest I'm J.D. Martin, and every week I sit down with a guest to talk a comic that I think anybody can pick up and start their comics reading journey. We take a look at psychedelic sci-fi, fantastic action, heart-wrenching love stories, and of course, superheroes. So check us out at CertainPOV.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Thank you all for joining us for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. It's always so much fun to have JD on the show, so check it out. And check out my episode where I discuss Neil Gaiman's Stardust film with Angela and JD on... Their new show. It was so much fun being on with them. Remember, $2 on a Patreon lets us know that you love what we are doing. You want us conti- to continue more. This fall, we are heading into some spooky 90s territory. So we have Are You Afraid of the Dark coming up? Goosebumps, even the original unsolved mysteries. Yes, true crime friends, this fall is for you. So I'm not going to tell you what next time is. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? But you have to join us next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.